This episode is brought to you by Facebook Gaming. Facebook Gaming is building the world's gaming community by helping game makers, developers, and publishers to build, grow, and monetize their games. They do this by providing research-based insights, in-depth case studies, as well as wide variety of educational materials. A recent example of this is Games Marketing Insights for 2021, a report that has just been released and is available to download for free right now. Of course, Facebook Gaming also helps developers and publishers of all sizes to deploy powerful UA and monetization strategies through a range of innovative solutions designed for games marketers in every corner of the industry. Go to fb.gg forward slash DOF for in-depth educational materials, including playbooks, webinars, blogs, and reports, as well as great video content. I think what's become clearer, certainly in the last few years, as competition in the game industry has really stepped up, is that there's a fundamental difference between a great game and a great game business. You know, you could be super lucky, your game is an instant hit, it's resonating with users, but for when that's not the case, or even when you just want to take your game growth to the next level, that's where we come in. So we've developed a really incredible platform that's designed to make you as powerful and as capable as possible in growing your game, whether that's growing your game revenue or growing your user base. That was Melissa Zeloff, VP of Marketing at IronSource. Do you have the tools to turn your insights into action? Let's be honest, not all marketing activities are created equal. AppSlyer's analytics suite simplifies its complex data and gives you a unified view of campaign performance so you can make better, faster marketing choices at every stage of the customer journey. The goal is to create exceptional experiences that keep customers engaged. To succeed, you need to meet your customers where they are. AppSlyer's customer experience and engagement suite, powered by a reliable deep linking engine, lets you create personalized journeys that increase conversion and return on every experience. In addition, AppSlyer is going to keep your budget safe from mobile ad fraud. Bots and click farms aren't going to generate revenue for you. That's why you need a comprehensive fraud protection solution to make sure you're investing in the right channels and only measuring and paying for real actions. Are you ready to start making good choices? Great. Go to appslyer.com and get yourself an attribution partner you deserve. Welcome, everybody, to Deconstructor of Fun Podcast. I'm your host, Mishka Katkov. And today, we're going to talk about audio ads with the founders of AudioMob, Christian Facey, CEO of AudioMob, and Wilfred Obeng, CTO of AudioMob. Welcome, gentlemen. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Cool, Mishka. Awesome. So one of you is joining from London, and the other one is joining from a way warmer and nicer location. Am I right, Wilfred? <laughs> yeah, I'm joining from Dubai, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I think you win this one. Um, uh, talking about your company, it was founded in 2020, uh, and now recently you raised Series A of 14 million at a valuation of 110 million. So a lot of value created in a very short amount of time. Uh, you got top of the food chain investors, Makers Fund, Lightspeed Ventures, additional investment from Sequoia and Google. And you've raised this money to expand teams both in London and actually Abu Dhabi, not in Dubai, because what I learned just recently from Wilfred is Abu Dhabi is investing a lot into the gaming sector. Uh, and of course, you're not a gaming company per se, but, but uh, the technology to help gamer, gaming companies to monetize. And that investment will be further uh, spent on developing your products as well as hiring some 
key new heads for key departments across the business. So gentlemen, uh, let's kick it off. And can you please introduce uh, kind of yourselves and a bit about your journey so far? Christian, you want to kick it off? No, Wolf, it's up to you, man. <laughs> so I started my uh, career in banking. So like uh, JP Morgan, Morgan, Goldman Sachs. But um, I studied computer science. So I uh, always knew I wanted to do something where actually I was building products that, you know, people were using every day. And I could actually like point to something and say, oh, yeah, actually, I contributed to that. Um, so I ended up joining the Google Cloud team. Um, so that was really cool because you got to work on stuff like Google Docs and like the Google Cloud infrastructure. But then I um, uh, moved to the Google um, uh, Dublin office, and that's where I met Christian. Um, and uh, that's where I was working with um, people like uh, Amazon, Intercontinental, HomeAway on their programmatic advertising campaigns, which basically just means technical consultant to working out how they can use Google products to you know, advertise um, and, and use you know, custom um, models and bidding and algorithms. Um, so then after that, though, I got promoted and moved back to Google London office. Um, I am a Londoner through and through, so <laughs> didn't last long. Um, so I went back to the Google London office, was a customer solutions engineer. Um, so that's like um, integrating different um, advertising partners into the Google ecosystem. So native advertising, audio advertising. Um, then got promoted again, but decided to leave and um, go full-time with AudioMob. And, um, and so um, we just realized like, Audio advertising was booming due, due to podcasting and due to um, stuff like uh, just streaming in terms of uh, Spotify um, and other streaming services. And then um, gaming, mobile gaming was massive and had a very diverse audience in comparison. So like 56% of women are gamers. So it was kind of a no-brainer when we realized how annoying sometimes those video ads can be, um, blocking you in your play um, versus audio uh, advertising, which wouldn't do that, which was kind of the eureka moment. But I'll let Christian uh, uh, explain the, the journey and a bit about himself. Awesome. Thanks, thanks Alfred. Um, so yeah, uh, CEO of AudioMob. Uh, background is I managed $100 million at Google. Uh, that was as a strategist, so increasing returns for very large advertisers. Then I crossed over to Facebook to become a science partner. So that's measuring the true value of ads and how they influence people. The job isn't as creepy as it sounds. It was a mixture of uh, <laughs> like a consultancy role uh, as well as a, a science role, uh, kind of coding different tests. It was really interesting. And outside of work, I always developed my own mobile games. I've actually been posting about it recently. I tried to start a studio that failed called Trick Jazz Studios, taught myself to code, um, Japanese-oriented uh, watercolor artwork, digitizing it. Like I learned everything. Uh, and that was a really fun experience, learning to do that. Uh, I also love hip hop and jazz music. So Jay Dilla, Madlib, the Chill Hop, Chill Hop uh, YouTube station. And uh, I've been producing this on and off since I was 14. So I started streaming this into the, uh, into the games that I was making as I was obviously you know, um, uh, befriending Wilfred, who was also um, you know, helping out with the research. And we suddenly saw this massive opportunity because you know, if you're making a chilled out game and streaming and chilled out music, you don't really want to show too many video ads because then retention damages. That's the age old uh, issue. Uh, and then we found out that the whole audio ad uh, monetization solution, you could stream an audio ad into Spotify, but there was no solution to stream into gaming. And then we thought, this is obviously a billion dollar idea. How has no one done it? And then we researched the R&D issues, and that's when we knew we were onto something uh, major. And now, thankfully, the industry has now uh, accepted the hypothesis we came up with years ago. 
Nice. Uh, and actually, now that you mentioned some of the uh, the hip hop artists, and because uh, when you go and look at your your case studies on the Audiomop uh, webpage, uh, there's a uh, there's a lot of different advertisers that with traditional ad monetization companies don't offer in their inventory. For example, you have partnered with Nas, uh, Sugar Hill Gang, Warner Music. So, uh, and, and the integration, like if people haven't checked out those 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 case studies, is really cool. So basically, when you're playing a game, in those examples, it was hyper casual games. There's a banner that comes in, and the music starts playing, <clears throat> and the uh, the artist basically says, like, "Hey, go and check out my latest album or whatever it is, maybe a, um, a concert somewhere." And you can just tap on the banner during the gameplay, or when the game stops or fails, you can go and, and kind of get into that. So the question is, there is like. Uh, is the is the uh, is the position of the company to to work more with brands compared to other sort of a uh, traditional ad monetization partners? And if if so, like how did, how did these partnerships came to be? Is it just a you know part of a passion? Yeah, so uh, it's a mixture. So initially, what we're doing is we are bridging a whole new tranche of incremental spend mm-hmm. that has never touched the mobile gaming space. So this is audio ad revenue. Now, every player that we've seen in the space, whether it's video or display, uh, it all comes from the same source, whether you're uh, in a display partner. And again, there are amazing technologies in the in-display space, but it all comes from pre-existing revenue, or at least 90% of it does. When it comes to audio ads, all these brand advertising, we're talking about a $100 billion market here that is growing in double digits, and it's going towards radio and podcast and digital radio, and it wants to get into gaming, which is where we come in. So initially, we're uh, bridging brand advertisers to the gaming space, and we don't promote churn, which game developers love. Eventually, down the line, because of the high CPMs a a gaming performance advertiser, i.e. a traditional advertiser in the gaming space would want, um, we we absolutely will be uh, venturing into that area. But right now, it's providing purely incremental spend with great CPMs to, to the gaming publishers. Are the CPMs higher for, for brand advertisers compared to uh, other game game advertisers? So a gaming uh, video ad install CPM, for instance, will be mm-hmm. $40. It can reach as high as $80. I've even heard of 100 in some cases. Uh, an audio ad CPM is lower. But what we aim to do is not combat directly against video um, adverts or full mm-hmm. screen ads because our, our CPMs can be 5 to $10 on the high side around $40. But... We want to compare ourselves to banner ads, ads that can be displayed during gameplay. Because an important thing mm-hmm. to, to, to realize is, you know, you've got rewarded video ads. There is a small segment of, of users that will constantly watch those ads to get rewards, right? And then you've got IP. Um, again, the whales are going to be 4%, maybe 8%, maybe even 12%, depending on the kind of game. But you've always got those users that just will not watch a certain amount of rewarded video ads or just never buy um, uh, in-game purchases. So what we what we do is we can provide a substantial incremental spend during the gameplay, which is a whole new slot in compared to where a trigger point would be for an IAP uh, transaction or a video ad transaction. So so that that that's where we sit in in the space to provide incremental value. Got it. So so it's like a in between of of video ads and banner ads, and banner ads are not that much used before because they're just not as effective. And this is like a much more effective version, and through that, of course, uh, with a higher CPM, but not nearly as intrusive as a, as a video ad. Okay. Um, what's the uh, what's the kind of like the uh, your overall thesis behind audio ads in mobile games? 
That's a big question. Uh, so I'll give the... <laughs> well, I I have one. I have one. So I just want to hear hear yours. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so there's so many different angles to this, and um, we've actually got a, a white paper we released with the IAB that isn't just for advertisers, but for game developers to view. You know how uh, advertisers and the end gamer uh, perceives our audio ads. And, you know, we, we surveyed thousands of people and then we did control tests between um, you know, two groups of uh, people, uh, one using a video ad implementation of a game and then the same game with an audio ad implementation. And then we did live testing and everything that we researched uh, proves that a hypothesis that we generated years ago was right. So, for instance, um, we assumed more users would like audio ads than video ads because it's not intrusive. Our research has shown 86% of users, they hate video ads. Now, again, there's going to be a lot of gaming publishers uh, listening, and the idea isn't to bash video ads. It's just that there is a ceiling as to how many ads you can show to get in you know, amazing amounts of revenue. Then you'll need to look at something a bit more non-intrusive. Um, we know that 61% of users actually have audio on. Now, a massive misconception that we have now debunked is the fact that uh, game developers, they analyze whether, you know, the sound effects are, are, are on or off, but not the actual on-device um, audio state, whether the iPhone mm -hmm. switches on, whether someone's listening to a radio or Spotify, etc. And we know that 61% of people generally leave it on. Um, and then when we add rewarded prompts to encourage the user to unmute, it increases to north of 90%. Um, and then we started looking at a hypothesis that, you know, users will uh, continue playing the game if an audio ad was to be delivered. And we noticed that 100% of users didn't stop playing the game because an audio ad was, um, uh, was, was, was displayed to them within the game. And then there's lots of other metrics, such as, you know, 75% of users prefer audio, uh, audio ads to video ads. And then we found that the other 25% were indifferent. If they're indifferent, it means they're less likely to... Uh, reject a new ad format and more easily trained as well. So every single thing that we've done and we hypothesized is that users prefer audio ads to video ads. Audio ads can actually provide incremental value. And through our tests, we know that we provide up to 600% higher CPMs than banner ads. And we also know that it, it, without question, doesn't damage retention either. So these were all the ideas that we had going in. And it did take a lot of money and a lot of research to, to kind of get to that point to uh, prove it. Yeah, so there's that, that's definitely true. So it's uh, not not definitely true. I, don't, I haven't seen the research, but I believe you that it's definitely true that, that it's much more uh, welcoming for the, for the players to get an audio ad versus, you know, the intrusive video ad of 30 seconds with an end screen or a playable ad and so forth. Um, I have a, I have a different th thesis based on kind of like the recent changes on privacy side. So with ATT, it's kind of like the removal of the data, uh, removal of targeting. And when we think about games that especially use in-app ads to monetize, we're talking about more of a hyper casual games in mass. And then of course there's word games and idle games and those type of games. And, um, when when the uh, the targeting is being removed, the CPMs go down because whale hunting becomes much more difficult. And at that time, you kind of want to upkeep your revenue, so you're showing more ads. And it's kind of hard to show more ads in a in a hyper casual game because they're already so filled with with ads that they literally make you quit and start another game because you're seeing too many ads. Now, with addition of audio ads to that um, to that inventory, it's better than than banner ads because it's just the CPMs are higher. It's not intrusive. And um, 
And through that, it just it just makes sense to to add through your game to upkeep your your ad revenue. So that's kind of like my what my non player focused thesis, but more like a market focused thesis on why audio ads are so good in, in games. So on, on that note, actually, I think one thing a key point um, uh, that you mentioned in that in your thesis, actually, which I I hundred agree with, is and one of the things we we do at Audio Mob is that privacy first stance because audio is one of the few formats where um, they don't need that hyper-targeted um, data on the user. They're very used to the come from the days of radio, right? You don't know exactly mm-hmm. who's in the car in, in, when you're in the radio or who's in the home when you're listening to radio. But they're, they're happier to work with guesses or, or, or estimations of, of who is actually hearing it. So this is why audio CPM has actually been very resistant to actually IDFA changes. And it's also allowed us to hit a, a very positive spot in terms of privacy because I think everyone can agree users are very conscious now of their data given all of the recent tech scandals around data leaks around um, manipulation of data or manipulation of, of how data has been used so um, us have been very cautious in making sure that we're using contextual targeting to um, make sure that um, the user's information um, isn't being compromised. So we don't use hyper-personalized information unless the user gives us consent. We actually default mm-hmm. to contextual targeting. And I think that's a really and, good point around the, the, the privacy point. Yeah, that, that, that makes all the sense. And, and through that, there's a lot of, of course, a lot of brand advertisers that are currently using radio as their as their platform, but and and maybe podcasts to some extent, but not really games. So so in that sense, uh, it's a it's a perfect fit. Uh, regarding the the type of games that that have audio ads, so in in all of the case examples that you have on your webpage, there are hyper casual games. Are those the games you're primarily working with, or are there other types of publishers who you work with at the moment? So there's a quite a large variety of publishers. Um, PR uh, PR permission pending, of course, for 2022. Um, our ad format works across pretty much every single game genre that is non-story driven. Of course, of course, if you you know your character develops a I don't know a love relationship or something, and you hear an audio ad, I mean it's not it's not a, a kind of relevant to that that story narrative. Or if there's you know a heavy dialogue driven game, but when it comes to uh, racing games, whether they're mid-core or hardcore, um, puzzle games uh, such as you know, word games uh, of, of the likes, um, any kind of game um, this, this ad format is applicable for. And we have many examples as well as integrations uh, with these uh, with these types of games. It just happens to be that uh, with Hyper Casual and what you just mentioned in terms of IDFA kind of rocking the boat when it comes to monetization, um, a certain top three uh, publisher globally uh, looked to us and integrated us into one of their games in order to test the fact that our format could be a, uh, a cushion uh, to to that revenue impact, um, and that helped us a lot more of the hyper casual space. But you know, we we are in the Big Brother game, for instance, as well as many other uh, different titles. Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, they have the biggest inventory for audio ads that they're ninety five percent of all their revenue, so it makes sense to start off with that. But but it's interesting. It would yeah. be interesting to see. More audio ads in in games that do have you know significant not not significant but um but a portion of their revenue coming from from ads and currently they are using video ads to do that rewarded video ads but how would they fare with an addition of audio ads especially for the non paying players that would be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So one 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 thing I'll mention is without question, um, so 
there's certain brand advertisers that absolutely love uh, you know the mid-core racing games. Mm-hmm. They will pay ridiculous CPMs for those kinds of games. And what what we found is while hyper casual has been a very successful uh, additional vertical for us, when it comes to word games, the fact that you've got twenty to forty minute uh, session times usually with these triple A high class word games, and the fact that you can't show too many video ads because it disrupts the whole mm-hmm. um, um, uh, kind of cognitive of effort needed to figure out these puzzles. Uh, so you've got a twenty minute session. How many audio ads could you send uh, while the user keeps playing the games? We've seen phenomenal um, um, feedback from um, our initial test via our DSP into these games. And um, let's just say 2022 is going to be a very interesting year for that vertical for us. So word games, right? Yeah, yeah. Word games, puzzle games, and th- those kinds of high-quality games where there's uh-huh. 20 to you know 40-minute session times. Yeah, um, yeah. Audio ads is absolutely the perfect solution for those games because th- th- there are struggles that we've been hearing when it comes to showing intrusive ads in that in that, uh, in that that remit. Yeah, that, that makes sense because, I mean, the majority of the revenue in word games comes from, from ads. And I mean, some of the top word games are making north of half a million a day from through... through, uh, through ads so there's definitely a big big market potential for that and and also the uh, the other part that is interesting in word games is that the uh the audience is very specific like we're talking about usually english speaking us uk canada i don't know if australians play word games but <laughs> they're not about that but but uh but especially like the us focus and and um very female focus like 90 Maybe at the lowest might be like 80% female. So you're kind of targeting a very specific segment. And through that, it's probably much easier to get a lot of brand advertisement in because essentially you're, I wouldn't say housewives, but, uh, but that type of a, like, uh, um, the, the type of a consumer that goes to these hypermarkets and purchase a lot of things, um, for themselves and their family. Those are pretty great for, for brand advertising. You mentioned that because, you know, one of our um, most groundbreaking case studies uh, was with one of the largest uh, nappy or diaper producers mm-hmm. um, um, in, in the U.S. Uh, and it was word games yeah. um, that they were targeting and it, and, it, and it performed phenomenally. So, no, you're, you're all right. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, once you find these sort of a big segments, it's like, a, it's like soap operas, like, like the biggest soap operas. So it's essentially you're advertising in those. Sorry for interrupting this podcast, but I got an important message. It's about increasing your game's revenues. I bet your mobile games is ready to find new, untapped audience and a juicy 40% revenue boost. Well, you can achieve global reach and acquire new players with local payment methods and exclusive content and with huge savings on platform fees. After recent events allowing developers to sell virtual items and currencies directly to players with a substantial savings on transaction fees, Exola launched WebShop for mobile games. This timely solution helps you unlock global potential and grow your mobile games beyond the App Store and unite your player community across all devices. Plus, it can also improve discoverability and boost player retention. If you're ready to increase revenue, save on fees, and regain control over distribution, Exola WebShop for mobile games can help you succeed. Visit exola.pro slash D-O-F or go to the link in this podcast description. Now, back to the episode. So, okay, that's that's interesting. And and how do you, so you said 61% of the people play with their sounds on? 
Yeah, so even if the uh, even if the sound is muted in the game, the audio state of the device is on. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you think about it, right, this it's very very hard to do what we do, but conceptually, audio add into a game. It's a simple concept to understand. But the reason that every single audio ad that you've ever heard of has been in Spotify mm-hmm. or radio or digital radio or podcast is because those environments are contextually always on in terms of audio. You're never going to listen to a radio muted, right? So, uh, but when it comes to uh, a game, it's either audio on or off, mm-hmm. and none of that analysis has been done. And we are the, and Wilfrey can talk more on this, but we are the only um, um, in game audio ad provider that analyzes the audio state of the device because the advertisers need to make sure it's on. Mm-hmm. But also, we want to make sure that we're not sending an ad to a user as they're, you know, listening to Spotify because that would just annoy the user and they'll leave the app. So, yeah, um, we, we analyze the audio state of the device, and that's how we've gotten um, um, this data. Interesting. And, and how, like, like, what kind of ad units do you have? Do you have, um, so currently, is, are, are there other than these uh, banner ads during which the, you have the audio, and there's a, there's a banner kind of like combination of, of audio and banner? Are there rewarded audio ads and, and uh, playable audio ad? It's, it's not a thing, but, uh, but like, what kind, of, uh, what kind of different units do you have? Yeah, um, so we have we have a number of different units. So on on we have two products. So one we have our um, our audio mob ad platform, or for people in ad tech, they'll probably call it DSP. People in music mm-hmm. refer to stuff like Spotify as a DSP. So we have to be a bit careful. So that's why we say audio mob ad platform. Um, so, so in that product, what we're doing is we're sending ads into pre-existing slots. So there, it's a banner ad, and it's got like the progress bar where it shows like the the orange ticking away, where you know what how much progress of the ad is being showed. You can have a GIF as the um, as the image as well, so the banner can be quite interactive. We've seen some artists do some pretty cool stuff with that. Um, and then on the flip side, and um, when we're talking about our our Unity plugin that we have, and um, a few things that we're going to be developing, like our, our SDK, is we are creating a way, it's creating new audio advertising slots. And this is where it gets really interesting around some of the stuff we can do. So um, we have stuff like different banner sizes. We have stuff like a countdown timer, which like shows you the percentage of, of how the ad's going down. Um, we also are offering things like um, being able to do audio only. So a lot of game developers, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you're you're familiar with as well, Mishka, is that they care about their screen real estate, right? So yeah. we're doing things with a lot of game developers where we allow them to do audio only, and it just it's a light, nice little small ticker. So just a visual indicator to let the user know something's happening. And this happened. This is something we actually learned from our focus groups. So when we did a lot of research with our focus groups, is that they say that actually having that visual signif- um, signifier that actually something's going on in even um, with my audio helps me understand where that audio is coming from. So we added that little ticker that just shows that it takes a little tiny little rectangle that shows and it can be customized by the, the game developer. Mm-hmm. So they can reskin it however way they want, make it look, you know, um, more up to date or in line with their house style and what they're going for with their game. Um, and yeah, so, so there's numerous ways that we, we let them interact. And then we have like an API that literally is like a DIY toolkit where they can listen out for events, listen out for ads, pause, listen out for this, change however they want to look. And that's something we're really passionate around from the start, making it a DIY, especially on the Unity plugin side, a DIY toolkit for the developers. So not trying to force what we think is what they should do. Mm-hmm. They know their game's best. Just let leave them to it. That makes, how, how difficult it has been for the developers to kind of, 
educate players on this new ad format because well hyper casual audience is different they've been bombarded with all the type of ads you can imagine but especially when you're going to word games with much more i won't say valuable audience um, you know they're they're much more engaged their lifetime is way higher and they are the developers are definitely looking at not churning those players out like how much uh, how much have the developers focused on educating the hey there's nothing broken with with your with your app this is an audio ad uh, don't don't turn off your 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 game and restart it like just you know what has been the yeah. no 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 great question mishka and i think what has helped with that is we done um, as part of our research we done the focus group so it was uh, 50% in the uk 50% in the us and then it was equal um gender split and the age range was 18 to 55 um so real range of also um, uh, age ranges as well. And mm-hmm. what has helped with that is we had a lot of learnings about audio ads. And like, because what we did was we got people to experience a video ad and then straight after I had an app where they experienced an audio ad. So they would basically give their feedback around like the video ad and give their feedback about the audio ad. What was really interesting is that there are, um, there's, there's, there are a few interesting insights. So one is that, uh, to Christian's point, 100% of people kept playing. So 100% of the users just kept playing and they were like, oh, I can still play my game. And then they would say that, um, we would say, um, uh, did you notice the the audio ad? They're like, oh, not really. I wasn't really paying attention. But then when you ask them to record the ad that was being advertised to them, they could remember it. They'll say, oh, yeah, that was a LinkedIn ad I heard, I think. It's something about LinkedIn or something about McDonald's. So it was a super interesting concept. And it makes sense when you think about how we consume music and how you can remember music mm-hmm. lyrics and how you can remember um, uh, the McDonald's jingle um, and, and those things because of the... Um, sonic, um, I guess, uh, affinity that you have for some of the, mm-hmm. the brands. So that's what we, our focus group taught us. So one thing that did come up was around our, our unmute prompt, though. And a lot of users were confused by this idea around, if my volume's low, why do I need to unmute? So we've done a lot of work in trying to make it more clear. So you are right to say there are things that we've had to like, re-engineer and work on. But mm-hmm. usually what we've done is we've we've tried to keep that UI and all that stuff and all those learnings and implement those learnings without having to bother the, the game developers so that they can have the confidence to be like, oh no, we've done the research, we've actually t- took it to market and now you have a product where people are more understanding of what the experience is and what is going on. So we re-engineered our, our unmute prompt to make it clearer and have the, the notice be clearer around what exactly is the reason why you're seeing this unmute prompt. So it says like unmute mm-hmm. to receive rewarded ads. So that way you're like, yeah. oh, I get it. There's, there's an ad coming through. Um, and if you put the volume down, you'll see the same prompt to say, oh, raise your volume to get the reward. And we've seen developers do cool things with that to then educate the user. So they'll take away the reward when you when you lower your volume. So if you've got invincibility and then you lower your volume, they take away the reward. So then it's incentivizing the user to then go, oh, actually, I get a reward or I get this really cool lightsaber <laughs> instead of a normal a normal sword when I mm-hmm. actually um, engage with the ad or just listen to the ad in the background. Interesting. So the, so, uh, so the ads are incentivized, even those banner ads are incentivized by the, uh, by the, uh, by the publisher. Yes. Yeah, so on the Unity plugin side, yes, all of those, all of those, all of those ads are usually incentivized or the user can, the developer also has the choice of doing skippable ads. So if you just, um, wanted to do a, um, an ad where you had a, I'd say in a, in a particular period of time where there wasn't much going on. So like a pause state menu or a game menu, you're able to do that. 
So those are the, the elements that were in the game where people, when there's not much going on, you can actually monetize. And usually what some game developers have done, um, uh, one of the top three publishers Christian mentioned is um, you can hit a skip button. Uh, so you can actually mm-hmm. skip those ads. So we usually have rewarded or we have skippable. And, um, and so, yeah, people usually choose between the two. Okay, so so rewarded and skippable ads, uh, and what, what's the what's the difference between those two? So right now, uh, just just for the ease of our advertisers and the developers, um, there there isn't a broad difference because of the way that audio advertisers um, uh, buy uh, buy ads, and even if there's the you know audio only without the clickable banner, the advertisers will pay the uh, the same CPM. Uh, so that's you know starting off at five to ten dollars, mm-hmm. and then for certain AAA games, uh, many more multiples than that. Especially if the brand advertiser finds a specific game that they uh, want to buy ads in. But um, after the first uh, ninety days, where the advertisers are now familiar with the inventory, a rewarded um, placement uh, can sell at a thirty to fifty percent uh, premium compared to the standard um, um, audio ad. Okay. And how, how long are these ads? Are these ads both the uh, the same length? Are we talking about like uh, about 30 second ads or? Yeah, the average between 15 to 30 seconds, um, usually around the 20 second mark. Uh, but what we're seeing in the audio space is very, very similar to what happened in the uh, in the video space on YouTube, actually, um, where, you know, you had TV ads that were like a minute long, then they went to YouTube, 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And now most YouTube ads are like bumper ads that don't surpass uh, uh, 20 seconds. Uh, so and that that's what we're seeing in the audio space as well. Yeah, the YouTube ads are interesting, where they have this five second skip thing, and they're trying to kind of get your attention inside that five seconds. Um, do you have any yeah. any of that type of a stuff where where essentially you know you kick off the ad, and if you want to go through it, then you continue or or so forth. So that's up to the developer, but we do we do have those options because again, like with the mm-hmm. uh, some some developers that have a very aggressive. Um, monetization, ad monetization strategy may mm-hmm. not want to use the mute buttons. And then other developers uh, will have mute buttons um, <laughs> all over the place. And, and, and we allow that to happen because, again, the developers know their audience better than us. And, yeah, we do have a format that will allow the user to, you know, uh, skip uh, the audio ad or click through, et cetera. Mm. And uh, can you talk about the uh, the integration of the ads into the game? Because you said that there's a lot of uh, a lot of customization that the developer can do. Uh, a lot of elements, you know, that you guys have been working on to to make the uh, make the player experience better, and giving you know tools to developer to to you know modify the the experience of their players. Is it difficult to integrate? Uh, easy with Unity or? So that's a great that's a great question. So um, we did a lot. So we started the business as you as you can imagine the pandemic. We've done a lot mm-hmm. of work over that two-year period. I and mean, we've come a long way from what we our initial plugin, and the way we did that by, was by working with game development studios. No matter how small, um, mm-hmm. they may not have had a lot of DAU, but they had um, golden ideas and a lot of feedback for us, and a lot of um, bug improvements and stuff. So that's helped us really build a really solid product now. So we've literally seen game integrations go from anything from thirty minutes getting up and running and getting ad audio ad in the into Unity and then half a day to actually get a build out. So and that's some of the top publishers in the world. So and a lot of game studios we we know 
and I appreciate as an engineer <laughs> how many game studios have been burnt uh, by a lot of companies claiming to have really simple SDKs um, to build. And here is different because it's actually a Unity plugin. So it's actually a package you're, mm-hmm. you're putting into Unity. And then it's really simple in terms of how, we, how we've customized and how we've made the UI. Um, and how you can literally call the methods in your game. So, and, and to, to kind of, um, really validate this, we've, we've also in our decks, we also have a references slide. So you can actually ask for references from all of some of the publishers that have in, um, integrated with, uh, with us. So that you can actually have that confidence when you, um, are, are integrating. Um, so yeah, um, it is actually super simple. And I actually can say that with confidence. Um, because yeah, the last few devs, I think on average have taken, each of them six hours to get a working build out, and and that's with that's like like five minutes implement, but then actually make the build and then actually push it, yeah, push yeah, it yeah. out is um was like it's been like six hours. Yeah, that's that's super important. Uh, you know, add SDKs are are challenging. If <laughs> I've seen some of them crash big games, so that's that's usually the the last time that that SDK is used in, inside of a game. So definitely worth worth the investments. Um, let's talk a little bit about the monetization of these ads. So, what kind of a what kind of an ARP DAO developer is looking to to get through audio ads? So, the the average increase because it's all relative compared to whether it's hyper casual, mid core, or whatnot. Um, you could expect anywhere between five to ten percent uh, increase. But when it comes to AAA games, and I want to stress this, so let's say for instance, um, you've got a racing game. Uh, and that that racing game, for instance, will have a strong affinity with uh, luxury car advertisers, right? Whether it's Formula One or whether you're racing um, like Lamborghinis around or something, luxury car advertisers will pay significant amounts of those kinds of games. So you, uh, on in an average range, you can expect five to ten percent. But if you've got a game uh, whether it has IP or if it's of a specific specific mid core vertical like a upper class racing game, then it will be significantly more. Is it uh, so? Is the best way to increase your audio ad ARP DAO is by having a very specific audience, like like we talked about, board games, uh, racing games are another another ones where it's probably very easy for for car advertisers to advertise in those. Uh, is that is that the kind of the key to to really have like a focused, sizable audience? So I wouldn't say it is the key, but it's one of the keys. Because mm-hmm. uh, obviously, as a as a monetization company, we would guide the studios and the right advertisers with the partners we work with to the right kinds of games. Uh, so that happens in the background. But yes, it is. It is. It is one of the uh, the methods when it comes to and uh, let's say more general um, hyper casual game. Um, just having you know things like sustainable uh, uh, DAU, especially within tier one regions, mm-hmm. advertisers love to see that. Having uh, long play uh, play times or or, or or high retention, that's also great. But one of the main things, the absolute key thing, is having um, using best design principles, right? So, for instance, um, the fact that uh, when an audio ad impression starts, the developer automatically gets paid. That's great for the developer because um, technically, to get paid, you wouldn't have to listen to a whole ad. However, the best practice is to ensure that the way that that ad is implemented encourages the user to listen to the whole um, length or not the whole length, but uh, the majority of that ad, which is why we also um, recommend um, rewarded um, audio mm-hmm. ads as well. Um, other nuances that you can make, for instance, such as um, with the banner, 
um, using an unmute prompt. And then if the uh, unmute prompt is rewarded, so if the user's handset is muted, you send them an ad, the prompt comes up in the box of the ad and then rewards the user for unmuting. There's all these little nuances that you can um, that you can use. Other things such as um, mixing rewarded and non-rewarded audio ads. You have mm -hmm. some users, for instance, that um, don't mind the audio ads. They'll let it play in the background while they're driving the car. Other users, for instance, will be sick and tired of rewarded video ads, and then maybe you can implement a rewarded prompt for the audio ad. So it gives them the flexibility. So you're getting the extra um, incremental revenue from the audio ad, but not impacting your initial monetization strategies. And this isn't just rewarded video, it's IAP as well. So it is a nuanced strategy, but um, yeah, there's many, many other uh, avenues to increase your ARPDAO, and it's usually using you know, the best practices that we thoroughly uh, researched for the format. And, and just like with any audio ad, um, it's tier one audience. Like that's, that's of course, the, uh, the most important element, right? Um, I would say it's either, it depends on the kinds of audio advertiser, right? Mm -hmm. So, for instance, a, a tier one um, audience to... Uh, a luxury car manufacturer will be just any kind of audience that plays a specific uh, like racing game, right? But then to um, an insurance advertiser, it will be anyone and everyone above the uh, age of 18. But then to, um, let's say, um, uh, let's say Disney as, as an advertiser, uh, they would want to uh, promote to anyone uh, that is within very specific brand safe, uh, safe games. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it really, really does vary. Like a tier one, from a, from a branding standpoint, a tier one audience, it just varies depending on the kind of game. It's not like, for instance, uh, in the in the um, install monetization space where a tier one yeah. player is just the one that spends the most. It is a very different way of thinking about you know what a valuable audience actually means. How is the inventory outside uh, tier one countries? Let's put it this way. It's pretty amazing, actually. Really. Um, there are so many skilled um, developers that are coming up with, um, you know, really, really high quality games uh, from, you know, tier two, three and four territories. Um, and, and one thing that we're doing with with advertisers that are constantly looking for extra source of inventory in um, emerging economies as well. Um, there is a lot of, of great inventory um, out there uh, that, you know, brand advertisers will absolutely pay for. Oh, okay. That's well. That's good to hear because I, I, you know, long time ago when I was dabbling with with monetization, that was uh, that was usually the challenge with where you had a significant DAU, let's say in Thailand, uh, but you couldn't really monetize that effectively because the uh, the ad monetization uh, inventory just wasn't there, so you weren't able to show as many ads as you could have shown to that to that sizable DAU. Uh, but that was uh, that, that's a few years ago, so it might have changed quite significantly. Um, all right, before I guess, um, yeah. just just a oh sorry sorry Misha um, um, just to add on one last point uh, that I think will be useful to mm -hmm. think about is radio advertising is the oldest form of advertising in the world and it was everywhere before you know videos and app installs kind of came into play and there's billions of dollars in all of these territories that are still um, swirling around looking for the extra players and in emerging economies now. Uh, a lot of people uh, in these emerging economies kind of, kind of skipped owning a landline or a laptop and the mobile yeah. is the first uh, port of call. And then you've got the fact that when it comes to data cost, uh, let's say in Africa, for instance, um, data is very expensive. To deliver a video to a user is very expensive, but to deliver an audio ad um, proportionate to the CPM that could be delivered 
it is much, much better value for money to the user, as well as the advertiser, actually. So there is a lot of brand dollars in this tier two um, inventories that, that's already there. And what we can do is repurpose it to provide value for the publishers that are in uh, great need of this extra revenue, as well as the advertisers that actually want to reach these these uh, people as well. And and just to, to cap it off, um, this is always like important thing to, well, first of all is, these are complementary to an existing ad inventory because it doesn't really, it rivals banner ads, but basically the CPM is higher and it kind of uses the same elements as the banner ad. So, um, so that's what it's rivals, but doesn't really rival your playable ads. It doesn't really rival your rewarded videos. It's just in a, um, a complementary product to that, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we coexist with uh, multiple, uh, I guess you could call them legacy or incumbent formats. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in the same games as, you know, the new in-display guys as well. Uh, yeah, we're really just looking to provide incremental revenue rather than cannibalizing uh, pre-existing uh, revenue uh, from, you know, ad formats. And that includes IAP as well. Mm-hmm. And the CPMs compared to, you know, the traditional video ads uh, are about what we're talking about, like 15% out of that, right? Roughly. Sorry, could you just repeat the question? So uh, if you would compare the CPMs of video ads and audio ads, uh, would it be, you know, for, for developers listening to this, are, are we talking about roughly 10 to 15% of what a rewarded video would make? I would say it's 10 to 15% um, in the normal range. Mm-hmm. Uh, then for uh, any games that have a significantly large audience or uh, AAA high quality games, it could near 50% as well from what we've seen. Wow, that's, that's pretty massive. Um, all right, so... Kind of gone through all the uh, all the key questions that I had. I'm a I'm really bullish on on the uh, the audio ads. I mean, we had audio here before. It's really great to hear your approach to the audio ads, and I feel like the uh, industry is just in the beginning of everything, and we'll be seeing much more integrations with with audio ads. It's great to see it starting from hyper casual, and um, I'm glad to hear that that other forms of games are now using it as well, like word games and and racing games. So uh, very, very interested in looking how, how this develops. And I think it's just going to be one of the, uh, one of the, uh, the massive formats for, for ad, and, ad monetization in the future. I really, really appreciate it, Mishka. And yeah, uh, thanks for having us on. For, for people listening, how do, can they get in touch with Audiomob, uh, whether they want to work for you or they want to integrate your products? So everything's uh, on a website. If you go to audiomob.com, uh, in the top right-hand side, you can uh, see a bright orange button to join our waiting list and, of course, our careers page as well. Um, being, you know, the first people to uh, to create this format and now we've raised, we are going on an absolute hiring spree and there's a lot of uh, great jobs available. And you can live either in London or Abu Dhabi. Yes, and America. London or Abu Dhabi. <laughs> And America soon as well. America yeah. soon. Now, um, I think, uh, yes, just to second what Christian said, there is a lot of exciting things happening uh, R&D-wise. Um, so please get those applications in. Um, and then I guess on the developer side and the advertiser side, there's a lot of um, interesting developments that we have. So we're taking the format even further. So we're like the first to do volume detection on device, but we want to go even further and see how we actually can push uh, mobile um, in comparison to a lot of our competitors. So uh, there's a lot of exciting things for engineers to uh, get their teeth stuck in. So uh, please uh, go over to the page and hit our careers page. Awesome. All right, guys. Um, to, to everybody listening, 
try audio advertising, won't probably regret it. <laughs> and join AudioMob if you're looking for uh, for a new gig. Thank you guys for for jumping on the podcast, and thanks everybody for listening. Till next time. Thank you for listening to the whole episode. If you like this podcast, please do leave a comment and share the episode. If you want to access the Deconstructor of Fun community with hundreds of senior games folk, go to our website and apply to the Slack group. And if you want to get notified of all the new content we have coming out every week, do subscribe to the weekly Deconstructor of Fun newsletter. Finally, do remember, we love you guys and we appreciate you guys. Catch you next time.